podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Double Century on the 99.94 Podcast Network. Another one in the air. This time it is taken. Another one. Bowling good lengths on this pitch. It's what Namibia have done. Sometimes that's the beauty of, of batting first. You find out what you need to do with the ball. Made a good sound but went too high. And it's taken. The Namibians on fire. What a famous win for Namibia. Here's the winning moment. Just a slower ball again from Visa. And I think by this stage, they're already running in and celebrating. It was that moment when Chicago got those two wickets of Nisanka. Namibia are out of the 2022 T20 World Cup, but not before they pulled off their greatest win in their brief history as a cricket nation. They beat Sri Lanka, and not any Sri Lankan side, but one that had won five consecutive matches to win the Asia Cup. And that Sri Lanka they beat by 55 runs in a 20-over match. Last year, Namibia had made it to the Super 12s. They had beaten the European Trinity of Netherlands, Ireland and Scotland. Two World Cups, four wins, seven defeats is pretty good for any associate nation. This isn't the only time that Namibia has been at the main table. In 2003, they played at the World Cup. If you have a look at Glenn McGrath's figures, you'll see he did pretty well against them. They weren't expected to do well back then, and they were thoroughly outplayed in four of their matches. When they went up against England, though, it was a little bit different. In this game, England are 202 for four in 40 overs. From there, they get bowled out for 272. It's a big target for Namibia, but they have Jan Berry, not Jan Berry Hobbs, but Jan Berry Berger, who was studying human resources when Namibia had called him up. He actually had to apply for his college for leave. In this match, he has already got Marcus Truscothic's wicket. Namibia lose two more batters, and Berger hits, hits, and hits, until the clouds arrive, and Namibia are close to pulling off their first ever major win, because they're already ahead of Duckworth Lewis for almost 12 overs at this point. Truscothic is in charge of the sheets, and he has messed up the calculations, but he tells his team that England are far ahead. So England show no urgency, and Namibia still has a chance to win. This is, of course, the same tournament where South Africa gets knocked out for reading Duckworth Lewis wrong. Luckily for England, they get away with it, though, because the rain never comes back. Berger keeps hitting, though. He gets 85 in 86 balls and is player of the match. Namibia bowled out England in their innings, but England cannot dismiss them. They finish on 217 for 9. The last batter was Dr. Rudy Van Vuren, who hits Jimmy Anderson for 6 over his head on the last ball of the match. He also took 5 for 43 in the morning. He's not even the first time he's taken wickets against England players. Two years earlier, Namibia had bowled out a touring MCC side for only 64. Van Vuren had taken 3 for 11, including a young player called Andrew Strauss. Just a lack of pace. Van Vuren's nipped in. The rugby player's now got 4 for. He'll have terrific figures at the end of this. And another good catch, Captain Pouch is one Irani, 12, 268 for nine. In the World Cup game, he got Nick Knight, Michael Vaughan, Ronnie Irani, Andy Cuddick, and Craig White. Four days later, he'll get Verinda Sewag and um, Sachin Tendulkar. Eight months after that, he will play in the Rugby World Cup in Australia, the first man to play both in the same year. 
In fact, his cricket and rugby careers completely overlapped, and it meant that he had to keep changing his body weight. Because, uh, as you would know, rugby and cricket have different demands, even for the amateurs, and he was very much that. Dr. Van Vuren was a fly-half, and he was about five kilograms heavier than the Dr. Van Vuren who bowled medium pace. He's got his fifth. Rudy Van Vuren takes five wickets in the England innings with the final ball of that England innings. It's Andy Carrick who, having uh, used his brains the ball before, has discarded them, had a huge swing, missed it, and England are all out. What a moment for Van Buren with Pfeiffer. He's just nipped in at the end. He bowled really well. Both England openers, two for ten. And then he's come on at the end of the innings and bowled these round arm little dibblers. And there's the last of them. And he's got Pfeiffer. His figures will be fabulous. Five for 43. And what a moment for Namibia. The rugby player, Van Buren. He's played in the Rugby World Cup and he's played in this Cricket World Cup and he's nipped in and he's got Pfeiffer. But England... I've got 272 on the board. Well done, lad. He was also the physical physician to Namibia's president. And if you want another fact, he also now runs a wildlife sanctuary with his wife, Marlise, sister of his rugby teammate, Shork van der Merwe. You will find him in the National Geographic Explorer Directory. But there is obviously a long gap between that World Cup in 2003 and their last appearance in the World T20. But they didn't stop playing international cricket. The ICC used to organise the Intercontinental Cup, a Red Bull tournament that was for the Associate Nations. In 2008, Namibia played Kenya in Sharjah. Here, a Namibian played one of the greatest innings in all first-class cricket. At that point, Kenya were among the big guns. Remember, they weren't that far away from being a test nation themselves. There was no Morris Adombe, but they did have Steve Tocolo, Thomas Adoyo, Colin Zaboya, and several others. Namibia had been pretty good in that tournament themselves. Two matches, two wins against Canada and the UAE. In this game, they make 183 and Kenya take a 46-run lead. In the second innings, Namibia are 42 for four when Jerry Snyman comes in. At that 2003 World Cup, Snyman had three ducks in four innings and five runs in the other game. He got six wickets, but obviously in this game, Namibia need his batting. The fifth wicket adds 56 but soon they become 105 for six. And yet, Snyman keeps hitting. All he needs is someone who can bat for a while at the other end. Eventually, he finds Michael Durrant, who only scores 13, but faces 141 balls. That's enough for Snyman. The partnership is 133. Snyman is the last man out for 230, 22 fours and 11 sixes. The rest of his team score 52, and that includes nine extras. Snyman made 230 runs in a first-class game out of 282. If you're trying to work that out in your head right now, it is 86.5%. First-class cricket has been played for 250 years, but this is the lowest all-out total to include a double hundred. Namibia will go on to beat that very strong Kenyan team by 101 runs. That's not even Snyman's first great assault of that winter. Two months earlier, Namibia were playing the UAE in Windhoek in the World Cricket League Division 2, a 50-over tournament. Snyman hit 196 in only 113 balls. And remember, this is before T20 cricket took over. Seven fours and 17 sixes. At that time, it was the most sixes ever in a List A innings, and that record stood for a good 11 years as well. 
Oh, and Snyman also had another double century against the Kenyans. In 2012, at the Intercontinental Cup again, he got 201 against them. That's better than a runner ball. But just to go back to the 2008 Intercontinental Cup, where the Namibians are all charged up after their turnaround. They soon make the Netherlands follow on, and they win that match. Then they need 237 to beat Scotland, and they are 190 for 9, but Dean Kotzer and Louis Klazinger win that one too. Then they win against Bermuda. Six matches, six wins. Not Ireland, not Kenya, but Namibia. And in 2008, not in 2020s when we're actually talking about them. The last league match was in Vinduk. Namibia bowled out Ireland for only 69. Snyman takes 4 for 22, Klazinga 4 for 11, and Namibia soon fall to 37 for 7, but they end up at 119. They then dismiss Ireland for 164, and so to win the game, Namibia need only 115. This time they reach 91 for 6, but they fail in the end. Defeat by 9 runs after 6 wins in a row. But that's okay because they can still play in the final again against Ireland. A sequel, if you will. This time, Snyman takes 5 for 53. Sorrel Berger, 4 for 23. Namibia take the lead by 55 runs. But they are bowled out for 145 in the second knock, and they lose. They finish second. There are three of them in the top eight run-getters, and three of them in the top six wicket-takers. Snyman is common to both groups. He would play 72 first-class matches, Many of them were for Namibia, but the ICC did not grant international status to those matches. But he made 4,498 runs at 37 and took 75 wickets as well. In List A cricket, his strike rate was 91. In T20 cricket, it was 138. And all of this was before Namibia's recent rise. This series of Double Century is about missed chances, the teams that got away. For the longest time, the narrative of cricket was only the teams who ended up with test status actually loved the game. But there have been others that have showed that same passion, but who, for many varied reasons, did not move into test cricket. In this episode, it's Namibia, a country a little more than three decades old who have already caused some ripples in the world of cricket. This is about a doctor and conservationist who played World Cups in two different sports in the same year. A world-class record in first-class cricket, South African imports, and an ICC trophy heartbreak. For decades, Namibia used to be known as Southwest Africa. There was cricket, of course. There are photos of it being played in Windhoek in 1909. But this was a German colony, not a British one. So the growth was slow. The Southwest Africa Cricket Union was formed in 1930. Organised cricket began there. Their white cricketers participated in the South African Country Cricket Association's annual competition from 1961 until 1989. At the same time, the People's Liberation Army of Namibia, PLAN for short, supported South Africa's sporting ban through the 1970s and 80s. The South West Africa Cricket Union severed their ties with South Africa after April 1989. That November, they went on a tour of Botswana for three one-day matches, their first tour as a team called Namibia. Three months later, they became an independent republic. As part of the celebrations, they invited Gloucestershire, the county side, out. One of the matches was even played under lights. The next month, the Netherlands came over. Namibia lost, but in the last match, the Dutch got 243 for six, and Namibia made 224 for six. John Lowe's top scored with 88. Soon after, they formed a board, and in 1992, Namibia became part of the ICC. 
They won five matches in the 1994 ICC Trophy. Gavin Murgatroyd was the joint highest wicket-taker in that competition. Namibia continued to play through the 1990s, and in the 2001 ICC Trophy, they played 12 matches before reaching the final. They won 10 of those. They also had two walkovers from Italy and West Africa. They would go on to meet the Netherlands in the final, a team that they had already beaten in the Super League stage. But in the final, Namibia managed only 195 for nine. They do hit back, though, and the Dutch end up at 106 for six. Then, sadly, everything goes wrong. Namibia's strong suit, even back then, was fielding, but somehow they start to mess up. They drop two catches, they miss another two runouts, and there are misfields as well. Somehow they get two wickets, but in the end, the Dutch only need three off that last ball. There's a leg glance, and fine leg Rian Walters is inside the circle. Namibia should win this, but Walters drives over the ball. By the time he throws it back, the Dutch have run three and won the match. Still, Namibia will play in that World Cup, and they do well throughout the 2000s. In 2009, the Quarter Cricket Project is launched. Thousands of Namibian children receive coaching. It takes time, but the next generation produces an excellent bunch of players. They also find a South African coach, Pierre de Bruin, who helps to raise the standards of their cricket through professionalism. Through the 2000s and 2010s, Namibia has been invited to play as a team in the South African domestic competition. But in 2019, they launch their own domestic T20 league. And a reverse migration begins. That same year, they finished fourth in the 2019 T20 qualifiers. By then, the World Cup had expanded to 16 teams. So that means Namibia gets to play. Gerhard Erasmus, a Windhoek-born law student from the University of Stellenbosch, came over from South Africa. He would lead their side. Jan Freilich of Boland arrived as well. But the biggest name, by far, was former international player David Visa. By this point, as you probably already know, Visa was a big name on the global T20 circuit, not to mention that he also had played for South Africa. If you want me to go through the leagues he played in, it's the IPL, CPL, Blast, PSL, Manzanzi Super League, BPL, LPL, and the 100, plus the 26 internationals for South Africa. But he signed a Colpac deal in 2017, which virtually ended his South African career. But his father was actually born in Namibia, and so he became eligible to play for them. Visa played at the 2021 T20 World Cup, where they won three matches and went through to the second round. He was, of course, also there when they beat Sri Lanka in 2022. There is no doubt that he is their main star, but there's a lot of talent there, plus a freakish amount of left-arm seam. Erasmus, Freilink, JJ Smith, Ruben Trumpelman, Craig Williams, Ben Chikongo, JPEG Kotz, Bernard Schultz. There's a lot of good players coming through Namibia. Since 2020, Namibia have also been a one-day international nation. It's been an incredible rise. Test cricket is probably still some time away, but as so many of their players get the chance to play T20 around the world, they have the chance to become round-the-year professionals in a way that Namibian cricket has never had before. The game still needs more non-white players, and to be honest, just more local players in general. But when you talk to Namibian cricket people, it is clear that they have high hopes of where they can go. They are a small team with big ambitions. Over his head and victory. One of the greatest moments in the history of Namibia's cricket. And quite fitting that the captain Erasmus is out there with the experienced pro David Visa to see it through. Namibia's 
a nation rejoices as much as this team. Double Century is a podcast on the 99.94 network. You can download our app via the show notes or look for us on social media to see all the podcasts and audio we produce. If you prefer your podcast at free, you can support us on Patreon to get that version. You can find the link in the show notes. Double Century on 99.94 is a podcast narrated, produced, and co-written by me, Jared Kimber. Abhishek Mukherjee is the main writer, and Nick McCorriston edits, mixes, and co-produces the show. Double Century is my podcast about the history of the game, but I have another podcast called Red Inca, which is on the current game. Come over and hear us talking about when Faf Duplessis is topless or why T20 cricket is broken. Red Inca can be found where you listen to your podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.